Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Brian J. Henderson. And I'm your co-host, Gregory Turner. You know, Greg, I was uh, thinking the other day when I came up with the idea for this show, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, just need, uh, need health care. You know, that's one of the big things that uh, they've been talking about. And uh, I'm trying to kill this music because I can barely hear myself. <laughs> All right. There we go. Wait. There we go. Got it. All right. Now we can talk. <laughs> We're going to have to work out this issue with the music. I, I think the last couple of shows... It, it just hadn't worked out right. But, Greg, okay. you know, I was thinking about um, how so many people talk about health care, and health care is one of the biggest things that they've been concerned about in this election, other than the war in Iraq and, you know, high gas prices and so forth. Health care has become a huge issue, you know, especially with the number of seniors and the age, age of seniors increasing every year. You know, and so we... I thought of this idea of the show, and, you know, another thing that made me think about the show was a friend of mine at work was concerned about, you know, certain things that he was eating and taking in. He said, I had to do something different. And so the topic of the show tonight is how do you value your health? How do you value your health? And we want you all to call in and chime in and tell us what you think. So call in number is 718 508 Nine six zero zero. That's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. So, Greg, yes, sir. How do you tell me? What do you think? Well, first of all, how do you value your health? Oh man, I value mine. <laughs> I, I I take mine very serious. I I, I tell you what. Uh, I see so many of my friends that I went to school with. And it looks like they've just given up or just thrown themselves away. Uh, you know, uh, you see the guys with the large stomachs now. They're all out of shape and they're smoking and they're drinking and they're doing all of these crazy things, not knowing that they're investing in poor health, not knowing at some point what they're eating and drinking and smoking, it's going to catch up to them at some point. Now I'll say this, if you don't have your health, you don't have much of anything. Mm-hmm. You can't do a lot of things that you used to do. You can't eat the way you used to. I remember growing up, Brian, eating certain foods, and as I get older, I'm changing from those kind of foods that we used to eat. You know, every, right. everybody grew up eating a lot of this and a lot of that, and I, I find myself now, the older that I get, the more I tend to want to eat vegetables and drink water and do all the things that I need to do so that I can be uh, healthy for my family and and more so healthy for myself because this is a temple. This is our temple. We have to keep it clean. We have to keep it clean. Brian, I go to the gym Monday through Thursday, 
work out as much as I can. And I see so many people coming in and dropping out and, and you know, you see people that's worked out for a long time, but you, the, it, it seems that there are no results. Well, maybe they haven't changed their eating habits. Ah. Yeah, maybe, you know, when you work out, you're going to be hungry. So I, I, I say to anyone that, that that's eating a lot of junk food, replace that with some type of fruit. Keep cut up fruit with you throughout the day. You can nibble on that all day. Stay away from the Snickers and the soda and all of this other stuff that which it all tastes good now. Don't get me I wrong. Gotta give up my Snicker bars. <laughs> gotta give it up. You either you either give up your Snicker bar. See, the Snicker bar is gonna be here or it was here before you were born, and the Snicker bar is gonna be here when you leave here. Mm. Don't let the Snicker bar help take you out. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I value I value my health. I really do. I see so many people that are hurting, so many people that are afflicted, and they're going through so much. And Brian, one thing that you know, uh, we all know, is diabetes is something that's running rampant in the black community. Oh yeah. And a lot oh, of yeah. us say, well, you know, I was born with it. It comes. Uh, well, how much sugar intake are you, or are, are you getting on a daily basis? Are you waking up first thing in the morning drinking Kool-Aid, drinking a soda, a honey bun, and eating all this sweet stuff? What What are you doing? Look at Look at your diet, and don't blame it on Auntie or Grandma had it, and my dad had it, or my mom had it. Now that may be the case in some cases, sometimes, but we don't need to help it. Right. So I, I I guess my answer, Brian, is I the older I get, the more I look at the things that I eat and the things that I drink, mm-hmm. and I value my health. I value my life more now. You know, so Greg, I guess I, I guess I guess that would be an answer. Okay, that hey, excellent answer. You know, and I dare to say that I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> you know, I still. Occasionally get me a candy bar. Occasionally I'll drink me a soda here and there. Moderation. You know, but I, I I like to call it my offsets. You know how the folks that are, you know, using up a lot of the fossil fuels and they have their carbon offsets. Well, I have my junk food offsets where I would eat something healthy, you know, and then say, well, I'll try to eat a little bit more healthy and not as much junk food. Or if I eat like a candy bar, which Snickers are my weakness, that's why I laughed. And uh, if I eat a candy bar, I might say, well, I'm going to drink, you know, five glasses of water with that. (laughs) Now, I know my thinking is not exactly, you know, that's not exactly helping, but the water is helping. It's helping to flush it out of my system. And, you know, that's that's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I totally agree with you. I think as we do get older, you know, we need to focus more on our health because our bodies are built to only last for so long. You know, there was a time where our bodies were built to last forever. You know, but nowadays we just don't have that luxury, and so we have to take better uh, care of our bodies. Yes, Do you agree, uh, Greg? Yes, 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 yes. I agree. I agree. I, I totally agree. I think if we just write down the things that we eat morning. It will shock us. Yeah. I really do believe that. So many of us, we, we have to have the fried 
this, to fry that. Why not just go baked? You know, Greg, not even that. I think if we wrote everything down and then went back and look how much calories, you know, the caloric intake that we brought that we eat on a daily basis, then yeah, I definitely think that we'd look like whoa. You know, it. it you know, I. I look at some of the, you know, and not to discredit people who are overweight or people who are, you know, uh, who have more to love, like some of my people put it. <laughs> you know, folks who are who are not that I, what people consider the ideal weight, you know, people look at them and they frown upon them, but some of them are actually healthier than we are because they exercise, even though they might be, you know, 300 pounds. They exercise, they keep themselves up, and they eat healthy. It's just that they're naturally large. You know, and people say, well, you can work that weight off, you can work that weight off. And that is true, but if they're healthy, then and if they're large and they're healthy, then I don't see whether where it's a big deal about, you know, oh, you weigh more than I do with the same size, same height, you know, same age, you're – you know, 250 and I'm 200, both of us are overweight according to standards, but your health is better than mine. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's where people get caught up. They see somebody who's who's uh, who's overweight and they immediately think they're not healthy, where someone else may be underweight or maybe what can people consider the ideal weight, and then they're not healthy because maybe they're not eating the right things. And I think that's what we need to really focus on. I mean, I know people – naturally want to say that if you're obese that's why you have diabetes or if you're obese that's why you have high blood pressure and if you just lose a couple pounds you'll be okay now that may ring true true for some people but i know as a matter of fact i have a close friend of mine who's probably maybe close to 100 pounds i would guess if that and has high blood pressure and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, how do you have high blood pressure? I just do. You know, and I'm actually not overweight. I'm underweight. You know, and so I think what we really need to look at is we can't just naturally assume that because we're a certain weight that we're okay and that we're out of the woods. I really think we need to really take a look at how we eat and what we eat. You know, because not just what, because there's some folks that will eat a candy bar every single day, and they're in ideal health. And there's others who will try to eat the best foods, and they're not in ideal health. You know, so it's about how we eat, because, you know, if you ate maybe one candy bar a day, it may not be as bad as if you decided every three hours I'm going to eat, you know, a cabbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or Or a whole full meal of healthy food. You know what I mean? I think so it's not about to, the quality as much as the quantity. Yeah, I think what we have to do is pay attention to our bodies. I think we have to pay close attention to what we can eat and what we can't eat. I think that that works. I, I really do believe that. And I'm going to say this, Brian. A lot of men, a lot of men, they look at the smaller women, and a lot of times that's who they're going after. Uh, I'm sorry to change gears, but... I see it in the gym all the time. It's like the smaller women are getting all of the attention. I don't know, Brian, if you want to 
I don't think you want to talk about this right here, but it's a it's a very sensitive uh, topic because it's exactly what men look at. You know, Greg, I think we can talk about it just a little bit. I don't you know, know. I think it's about I think it's more about perception. Because who says that the smaller woman has what you what you're looking for? It's just something that you're looking at. You know, who's you know, and, and most of the time they're looking at the smaller the women for their body types because, oh, they finer than the other girl. But if that's what you're looking for, you're shallow. You know what I mean? But that's what people like. <laughs> that's what some you know? people like. And you know, you know what? And again, but you know what? I, I can truly tell you this. I had a friend, and I can remember her saying, I'm tired of all these guys trying to talk to me. And you know she probably was five foot one, two hundred fifty pounds. And I'm like, you're lying. And she said, no, I want you to hear my answer machine. And she had guys like crazy, you know, calling her, hey, I just want to get together with you, that type of thing. And I couldn't believe it. And he's like, well, she said guys like big girls. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so I don't think it's so much as oh, it's one person that. Besides, all he wants is skinny women, you know. I think it's also that, you know, people like certain body types, and they go for that. Now, the guys at the gym, they're at the gym because they want to be smaller. They want to have that certain body type that they believe is appealing to other folks. But, you know, at the same time, they're looking for that female body type. And that female body type at the gym is probably looking for that male body type. But who right. what I, what they're I really going to be healthy? Yeah, what I was saying was I, I was paying close attention to the guys in the gym and I was watching how they look and how they go after the smaller women. And I've seen women come in the gym and they work out so hard and they lose that weight. Before, the guys, you know, they didn't talk to them. They didn't talk to them. They didn't pay them too much of attention. Once that lady dropped that weight, here they come. They're after her. And it's so funny to see them do that. But, Brian, just like you said, that's really shallow. That's really shallow to do that. But people look at your appearance. It's sad to say, but people look at your appearance, and a lot of times they judge you by that. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. They judge you by that. But now let that woman drop some weight or let that man drop some weight and put on a suit. Uh Uh-oh whole different ball game. You know, Greg, I'm going to tell you a funny story. When I was in high school, there was a young lady at my high school that had a crush on me. Uh-oh. And she was overweight. Brian. She was cute as a button. Brian. But overweight. You sure, Brian, you sure you, want to tell, you sure you want to tell this story? I can tell this story, okay, you know, ahead. because it, it, it actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. So at the time, you know, I wasn't interested in her, and I told her, I said, you know, you're cute and all, but you're just not my type. That's what I told her, right? You're going to pay for this. We graduated, right? went on, and I was actually working at my high school over the summer. And young lady walks in, 36, 24, 36, comes, gives me a hug. And I'm like, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Who was this? And when she told me who she was, she says, yeah, I lost 100 pounds. And I'm like, wow. You know? 
And so it, it just shocked me because I'm thinking now, you know, hey, you look good. But she's like, ah, 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 you can't have me now. You know, and so I just laughed. Yeah. Yeah, she came back at you. <laughs> she came back at you. And, Brian, you know what? I want to say this before we go to commercial. Mm-hmm. We can ask that question all the time. How do you value your life? What about the brothers or the sisters that are having sex without the condom? Uh-oh. That has to it do has with a whole your health. different issue. We can that talk has about to that. Do with your, yes, but that has to do a lot with your health. And how you value it, mm-hmm. because one night can take you out of here in a little while. Don't take long. Yeah, it doesn't take long. And Brian, Wednesday night we're having Shirley Raff on the show, and she's going to talk about HIV/AIDS and and a couple of other things. And I think that we really need to be disciplined when it comes to things like this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, we really need to be we really need to be a little bit more mindful of what we're doing. We really do. And that's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. They don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Oh yeah. If you would jump Brian, we're going to take a quick break and go to a commercial. Okay. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So? Why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So? Why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. Here's an important message from Rev. Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright, Jr., Senior Pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ. Did you know that more than half of all the new HIV-AIDS cases reported are among African Americans? Our men, our women, and our children are at risk. We must put aside our fears, exercise our faith, and put an end to this deadly disease. Encourage testing. Learn more about HIV and AIDS. For testing locations, contact the CDC National STD and AIDS hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS. Hi, I'm Vanessa Williams. There's so many things kids have to be good at these days. It's hard to stop and think about how something like learning music can help them in the future. Music helps kids because it's a performing art, and children need to learn to perform well so they can succeed in society. Getting an 85% on a math test is pretty good, but hitting 85% of the right notes during a concert isn't good enough for most music students or their teachers. A special kind of practice and preparation goes into the discipline of performing music, and it helps kids develop habits that will allow them to perform better in all areas of their lives. 
A PSA brought to you by MEMC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound education. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is how do you value your health? If you have a comment or a question, especially after this segment, you can reach us at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. You know, Greg, we were talking earlier about the issue of health as it relates to uh, making healthy choices with sex. You know, and we talked about how uh, we'll have the just most magnificent artist and singer and entertainer and original dream girl, Cheryl Lee Raff, on our show next, on this Wednesday, actually. And, you know, the one thing that gets me each time when I talk to someone about HIV, AIDS, and, you know, sexually transmitted diseases and so forth is how can you knowing what you know about what goes on in this world and out here now, still be walking around having sex unprotected. I mean, now to this day, I mean, I actually just talked to a youth group today, and some of the kids were uh, talking about, oh, I got to feel it. You know, that's why I want to hit it raw. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Do you know what's out there? You know, it's like, oh, I ain't worried about that because they don't look sick. And I'm thinking, son, you're, you're falling into all the myths, and those myths are going to get you killed, you know. And so on uh, on our show Wednesday, we're going to talk with Cheryl Lee Ralph, and she's the national spokesperson for the National HIV AIDS Awareness, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. As we know, um, nationwide, one in 50 blacks are infected with HIV, and those are the reporting Reported numbers, those are reported statistics, and we all know that statistics can definitely be skewed, but I always say if there's one person that has it out of a million, it's still one too many. You know, And uh, I'm going to give you Cheryl's email, uh, I'm sorry, her website. It's www.cheryl, that's S-H-E-R-Y-L, Lee, Ralph.com, Cheryl Lee, Ralph.com. Check out her website. You can see some of the things that she has coming up. And um, we'll actually be seeing her here in Tallahassee on Saturday with the Sometimes I Cry um, one-woman show that she performs, and she'll be in the Lee Hall Auditorium. Tickets are $7, so please come out. It's on Saturday, February 9th at 6 p.m. at the Lee Hall Auditorium on FAMU's campus. You know, but it just amazes me, Greg, on how many kids – how many people, adults, youth, what have you, older people, don't even think about protection with what's going on out here in the world? You know, and I'm just, and you know, and I tell them, I said, look, if you're not going to use protection, get married. Make sure that's your only person you're with, yeah. you know. And they say, oh, I ain't worried about that because, you know, my girl clean. And, and I'm thinking, but how do you know? You know, I say, if you haven't been tested and they haven't been tested, then you need to get tested. They need to get tested. Then you need to be with that person only. 
So, Brian, someone that said, I work out all the time. I'm always working out. I value my health, but you're doing something like that. What would you say to them? You know, I always tell them, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Magic Johnson works out all the time. He looks healthy. You know, people talk about, well, Magic doesn't have HIV. He's taking something. And Magic will tell you, I still carry the virus. You can't get rid of it. There's no cure for AIDS right now. And I think, Brian, we're starting to have now more younger kids or more younger people now coming up with being diagnosed with this. uh, You know, it's interesting, Greg, because I asked the youth that I was talking to today, how many people know someone your age that's infected with HIV? And one kid said, well, I know somebody, but they don't live here anymore. They moved away. And I had to let them know that there's more people that are your age with it here in town than you think. And they were like, really? I said, it's like, well, most people, they'd have to get it from somebody older, right? You know, I was like, well, no, some of them have actually been born with it. Because maybe one of their parents weren't there. You know, more than likely it was the mother who was infected and did not get checked, you know, until... Or did not, you know, did not request a test, and I think the test now they're offered. Before you had to request it, but now the the, the uh, doctors offer the test to pregnant women, and so, but you still have the option of refusing the test. So it could have been that that person was never, they never thought about taking the test, or they refused the test because they didn't want to know, or they already knew and were afraid that if they if they took the test and found out that something would happen to them. Or something, would, or they would take the child. You know, they're always afraid, and all it's all these myths that occur. You know, if, but if you ever wanted to break up a crowd, I'm sorry to cut you off. If you ever wanted to break up a crowd, you see a lot of guys. You know, you're standing around, you're talking. Like, let's say we're at we're tailgating for a football game here in, at Fam. Mm-hmm. So you know how the guys get together and they barbecue, and you're all standing around. If you want to watch that crowd break up. Quick, fast, in a hurry, start talking about HIV and AIDS. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. That's something we don't want to talk about that. They don't talk about it in schools. They don't talk about it in the church. Better not go into church talking about that. You know, and, and interesting enough, interestingly enough, they have some programs but they're just not enough because these kids hear these programs and they laugh at them. Oh, that's funny. I ain't well, worried about that. That's not going to happen to me. Yeah, that's not going to happen to me. That'll happen to someone else. That won't right. happen to me. Yeah. You know, and, I, and like I told the children tonight, I said, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter how much I tell you about this stuff. What matters is that once I do tell you that you make the right choice, I said, you're all going to make your choices anyway, because, you know, I had a rowdy group, mostly teenagers, and uh, well, actually all teenagers, you know, middle school, high school kids, and they know everything. Oh, I know how to do this. Oh, I know how to do that, you know. And, uh, you know, it was just interesting that how much they thought they knew. They, it, and, and when they think they know, that's when they really don't know. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if you go to the hospital, 
and you see someone sick and suffering with it, mm-hmm. if that don't change your mind, you don't have to go to the hospital. You don't have to go to the hospital. You can see it on television. They show it on television all the time. Right. To see what this disease does to the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it tears the body down to nothing. To nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and really what happens is it's not actually the virus itself that does the damage. It's what the HIV virus does and what the AIDS virus, HIV virus does is it basically destroys your immune system. So your immune system is a wonderful thing that the body has. It corrects it, itself. It, it prevents all types of foreign you know, organisms and, and microorganisms from invading your body. You know, if anybody's ever had a splinter in their finger or in their hand or whatever, how do you, you ever notice that it, you couldn't get that last little piece out that eventually after a couple of days it'll come on out by itself? It'll push it out. Yeah. You know, and people, what you what you have to understand about HIV, about the HIV virus is that virus, its mission is to destroy the white blood cells, the things that fight off infection, and then to replicate itself. So it's a twofold mission for that virus, and that's all it does. But once your body can't fight off simple infections, the normal things that you would that would normally wouldn't get you sick now could literally kill you. People are so afraid of people who have HIV, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get HIV." You're actually more dangerous to them than they are to you. Yeah. Yes, they could possibly pass the virus on to you, but if you sneezed on them, you could put them in the hospital or possibly in the grave. And so I think people really need to understand just how serious, you know, a disease like this is. You know, and so they definitely, one thing I, I always tell the kids, you have to know, you have to be informed. You can't go around not knowing what's going on. You know, I told them tonight when I talked to them, I said, if I told, if I knew that if you put your hand through this hole in the wall that it would get chopped off and I didn't warn you ahead of time and I was standing right there watching you and you put your arm through the hole and they chopped it off and then I said, oh, yeah, you know, you put your arm through that hole, they'll chop it off. You would be upset with me. You would say, why didn't you tell me before? But now that, you know, if I tell you and you still do it, you know, it, it, and so, you know, you understand what I'm saying, Greg? Yes, I do. You know, it's like you try to tell them over and over, but they're so smart. Oh, no, I'm faster than the blade. If I, I can put my arm in there and pull it right back out, no problem. You know, or I'll, I'll just wear a, a, a sleeve. So when it hit, when the blade hits my arm, it doesn't cut it off. You know? <laughs> you know, Greg, I, I Let's go to commercial. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. And then I have another, you know, very, very interesting health topic to discuss. Okay. Okay, good. All right. We'll be right back.
Hello, Brian. Yes, I'm yes, wondering Brian, why the commercials quick. didn't start. Yeah, we'll, we'll Good news for the. There it is. This is Chicago-style hot dog. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So, why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So, why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. You're just joining us. You're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Tonight's topic is how do you value your health? You know, Greg, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine, and they were talking about how, you know, you have these diseases when you're little and, you know, like chicken pox and all that stuff and how they hate it, just absolutely hate it to get shots. You know, and, and I laugh because I don't like shots either. I don't want to see a needle. I don't want to know a needle. I don't even want anybody that knows a needle to know me. <laughs> you know, but I do understand the importance of getting a shot yeah. and making sure that um, we're immunized. You know, but there's a lot of people out here that don't get immunized. You would think that with the number of immunizations available that you wouldn't have things like chicken pox, or the measles, or the mumps, you know, or any of those type of diseases around anymore. But you still have them. And it, it just makes you wonder, with all the modern technology that we have, we still have people who, you know, don't go out and get things. And these are free shots. It's not like you have to pay for them. You go to the local health department or the clinics, and they give them to you for free for the most part. You know, so why do you think there's so many people who don't go and get these shots? Do you think it's fear? I think it's fear. I really do. I think it's fear. I think a lot of I think a lot of people rather not know something rather than going to the doctor and and thinking, well, I feel good, then I must be okay. My health must be great. But again, that's lack of knowledge. That's lack of knowing, not really knowing what's going on. So we really need to get checked at some point. But, Brian, I want to change gears real quick. I want to talk about, real quick, I want to talk about another silent killer mm. that's running rampant in this in this world of ours. 
Hypertension. Oh, yeah. Hypertension. It's a silent killer. Mm-hmm. I think we tend to take our jobs a lot more serious than we should because it's the thing that's paying our bills. We tend to hold on to it so dear, and we take everything so, so personal. And a lot of times, Brian, we worry about things that we have no control over. Mm-hmm. And that hypertension is taking us out right and Heart attacks right and left. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So we need to calm down, let things play themselves out, and we also need to look at ourselves when we when we're going through something and and say and step back and say, am I causing this? Don't put all the blame on the other person or someone at your job. Right. Look at what you're doing. How can you change that environment? You have that control. You have more control than you think. You can change that environment. If you tweak it and make one little adjustment in your daily uh, things that you do on a daily basis, I guarantee you you can change it. You can't change other people, but you can change the environment when those people come into your space. Do you agree, Brian? Oh, yeah, I can def- I definitely agree. You know, the one thing that I've learned about hypertension and stress is that you have to do things to offset your stress. You know, if you have a stressful job, you work in a stressful environment, then find something that, that calms you and relaxes you, and then do that. You know, don't don't just focus so much on, i got to do my job, got to do my job, got to do my job. When I get off, i got to do this, got to do You know, if you're ripping and running and going all over the place, you know, find something that will relax you. And then even if it takes 30 minutes a day, do that for those 30 minutes to calm you down, to wind you down, to relax you. You know, one thing that I do, and um, actually I haven't had a chance to do it in a couple of days now, but I like to play video games because video games challenge my mind and they relax me from the day-to-day rigors. And so that's something that I've done for years now. And that's what I, you know, that's what calms me or relaxes me or keeps me you know, keeps me from going over the edge, <laughs> you know, you know, because in, in the environment that I work in, it's a very high stress environment. You know, there's deadlines that have to be met with, you know, no exceptions. And so you do find yourself, you know, worrying about things and, you know, you go home and sometimes I used to actually dream about the issues that I had to fix, <laughs> you know. That's, that's so, powerful, yeah. You know, you know what, I, I think that's really, you know, part of the big deal. Yes, yes, yes. It, it, it's what, what's happened is you you've allowed the situation to consume you. But let me say this: it is not only at our jobs do we have this hypertension or anything. I think what we do is we have situations at home as well. We get so caught up in trying to take care of everything. And a lot of times we look back over our lives and say, you know what, I'm not where I be. I should be further along in my life. I should be more established than I am right now. I need to be this better husband. I need to be this better father. I need to do all these different things when you don't sit back and look at the good things that you're doing. 
for some reason we tend to look at the bad things and we hold those things higher than the good things and the good qualities that we have. Now, a lot of us do this on a daily basis. We're always evaluating our lives, and we're looking at it, and we're saying, okay, I'm going to match my life with someone else. Can't do that. Can't do that. But we do it all the time. It's called keeping up with the Joneses a lot of times. And that will put you in the ground quicker than you think because you're not being yourself. You're not being true to yourself. And that's something that we really need to do. We really need to step back and say, what is it that will make me happy? What is it that will make me free or set me free from this this crazy thinking or this thinking thinking that I'm going through, that I that I deal with on a daily basis? Well, we can easily do that. Find out something. Do something that makes you feel good? What is it that makes you feel good? Only you know that. And that's what you do. Change the way you do things. If we do the same thing every day, we're expecting different results. It's called insanity. A lot of us, we do it. We do this. We get stuck in this rut. We do the same things from morning to evening. Drive the same route park in the same parking lot or if not the same space. And I guarantee you, Brian, we probably have the same thing to eat every week. If it's Monday, we have the same thing on Mondays, Tuesdays, and it just carries over. And and a lot of times that stresses us out, and that's just something that we, we do. But, Brian, if you're there. Yes, I'm here. Okay. What do you think? You know, I think that sometimes we focus a little too much on, you know, somebody else's job. <laughs> you know what I mean? When we, we really need to focus on what's important in our lives, you know, well, I, I, that's what I believe. Yes, yes, I believe that. I think that we need to find out what it is that makes us we need to find out what it is that gives us this happiness or this joy when we do that thing. We can't get caught up in trying to make everybody happy. We try to do that all the time, and it's just not working. We try to satisfy every. You can't satisfy everybody. We just can't do that. But one thing we can do is we we need – and you know what? I'm not saying we need to be selfish. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we need to value our health and take care of ourselves a lot more and do things, do the things that make all happy. We're going to go to a commercial, and we'll be back with you shortly. What's up? We're Boys to Men. How do we educate our kids so they have a fighting chance in today's world? We don't have to tell you that children face pretty tough challenges these days. We adults need to go the extra mile to make sure our kids find something in school that really sparks their interest, like music. Teenagers who study music and arts tend to find tough science and math concepts easier to grasp. It has to do with development of something called spatial IQ. And music and creativity go together, too. We know from our own lives that teachers who appreciate creative thinking embrace our love of music. 
So, help prepare your children for life. Encourage them to learn to love music. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, Gibson Guitar, Baldwin Piano, and this station. March is Music in Our Schools Month. Music, part of a sound education. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And right now we have a caller from the 704 area code. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You have a question or comment for us? Yeah, this is Brian. I'm just saying that, you know, I agree with what you say. People just need to be themselves. Yes, yes. You know, people need to realize that there's a difference between being selfish and being personal. Yes. And, you know, you, you're being selfish when you only think about yourself and could care less about other people. But you're being personal when... You have to think about yourself, and at the same time, think about the the welfare of other uh, of other people without letting it drag you to an extreme where you are overburdened. Yes, you and know, a lot so of times we don't you know. Be, you, you be personal, but as far as the topic earlier on um, on protecting yourself, you know, especially nowadays where people just you know think of sex as as so as just an everyday chore. You know, I just think that they need to do more to educate these younger generations that are coming up. You know, there was a time that you would turn the TV on and, you know, every fifth commercial will be about AIDS and and the the effects of it. I rarely see that anymore. That's right. You're right. You You know, they're not spending money on those things anymore. Do you think it's a conflict with the commercials that are, coming on, because you see so many uh, sexual explicit commercials now. Right. Do you, do you think that, that it's the button heads on that and that's that's taken away from the, the commercial or it's taken away from their revenue? I think so, because they, they figure, okay, well, if we're trying to promote sex here, you can't be over there saying, hey, sex is a bad thing. You know, or, or, you know because if you say that people need to be sexually practice safe sex right you know so most a lot of people translate that as sex as a bad thing you know so it's like they're figuring okay well if you say that then something is go you're going to take away from what we're trying to promote over here yeah Yeah. and and these commercials that promote sex they're the one that pay pay the highest money for their commercials and it's all about the green dollar Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's all, that's all it's about. They're not about. They're not out there trying to help anyone or trying to save the world. Yes, they're just trying to save their pockets. Yes, and Brian, let me ask you this: yes. What do you think about uh, Brian Lynch? What do you think about our, our youth? I know you said we need to educate them more, but mm-hmm. it seems that it's so hard to get the parents to bring the kids when you want to talk about issues like this. They don't. They don't really want you talking about sex to their child. But now if if you're taking them to a basketball game or to a football game and you're watching a movie or something like that, that's okay. But how can we get the parents to be a little bit more involved? Because as parents, we times have changed. The kids are a little bit more curious than when you and I were growing up. The kids right. are they're active now. Right. And you see what happened, what I think it is, a lot of these parents are just as ignorant 
as the kids are, and, and some of them are shameful of what they did because they know that, hey, you know, this child was made out of wedlock, and this child, I don't know where the father is. And basically, if you're teaching this child to do things that, you know, most of these parents can't teach a child what they don't know. And, and even when they know better, because of what they did, they are still holding, you know, holding back on teaching the child because they don't want the child to look at them funny and say, well, Ma, you did this. You know, then why did you, did, you know, some people just don't want to have that question to answer. So they avoid teaching the kids the necessary things that they need to teach them simply because of their own self-preservation. Yes, that's powerful. And, Mr. Lynch, let me say this. I was reading in the chat room you were talking about we need to do something to shock the kids into understanding how serious this HIV and AIDS, we, they need to really uh, see something. What, were you, what, what did you mean by that? Sometimes, you know, some people, you, you have people that learn by, by hearing things, and they call them auditory learners, and you have people that learn by um, visual, by seeing things, and they call them visionary learners. And then you have people that learn by a little bit of both, and they call them kinesthetic learners. And I strongly believe that we all learn something from every different one of those three groups. And I think if kids are able to see what a person goes through when they have HIV, you know, before it turns even into AIDS or even when a person have HIV and it turns into AIDS. I think if kids or even people in general are able to see that and say, man, that's the kind of suffering that that person goes through or see the amount of painkillers and tablets that they have to take in one day, I think that will give them a shock and awe and let them realize that, hey, you know what, I don't want to go through that. I'm yeah. going to make sure I protect myself if I do decide that, hey, I'm going to have sex with, with you know, multiple, multiple persons or I'm not even going to wait until I'm married to just be exclusive with my partner, you know. So yeah. I think if you can give people a reality check, they will, they, you know, not all of them are going to commit to it, but I, I think a, a good majority of them will, will, will take a reality check and realize that that is not the place that they want to be, and, and they will realize that this is where I'm heading, so I need to do something. And what about, what about teaching this type of thing in the schools? That's something that we don't do. We have so many, so many people that are against it. But I think if we make a solid commitment and not worry about what people are saying and we stay focused with it, I think they'll see and understand that a change will come. But we can't be afraid to address the issue. So right. do you think we well, need to One of the, the problems that I, I, I know the schools are having is um, the, you have different, so many different religious groups that are in this nation and they try to separate church from state. And it's almost impossible to teach a child um, sexual education without being spiritual. Yes. 
now teaching teaching them about being vert you know being a virtuous person you know waiting until marriage and all of that and that and teaching them that that is the best way because if you tell a child not to have sex and wait until you're married they're going to want to know why that's right. And how are you going to answer that question? You can't just tell them then that's the right thing to do. You have to let them understand that this is what God ordained them to do. And that is why you have to do it. It's not simply, you know. Uh, but other than that, common sense alone should tell the person. And that is, you know, ironically, that's going to be my, not not this Saturday coming up. It's going to be my next topic um, on the 16th. That's, that's the topic I'm going to be talking about you know, the importance of waiting until marriage for sex. And, you know, is it something that just spiritual or you do you have to be spiritual to wait until marriage for sex? No. But, of course, there's a spiritual connection. And it's, it's, if you can improve your life by waiting, it's a good thing for you because it prevents you from so many different things, you know, other than just sexual disease. Yes, yes, that's so true. That's so true. I think Brian is back with us. Brian, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you know, yes. we got about six minutes left. One of the other things I wanted to talk about is cancer. Cancer? That, you know, that's something that's just been so pervasive in our mm-hmm. culture. And, you know, so many people are affected by it. And it doesn't really seem to have, like, it doesn't take on any shape or form as far as color. It goes out to everybody, you know. But one of the things that we that we as African Americans uh, face an enormous task of trying to defeat is prostate and colon cancer. It seems like it takes out, especially our men, it takes us out of here faster than anything. And, you know, I think what the the real issue is that we have to, Get screened. If you're older than 40 years old, get screened. For prostate cancer, get screened for colon cancer. You know, if you're over 50, colon cancer. If you're over 40, prostate cancer. When I was about 32, I went and had my first prostate cancer screening, and I did not like it. But I did it. You know? And then, um, actually, I've had two, because I try to do one at least once a year with my yearly physical. You know, just because. You know, and and I don't like to do it. I hate it. It, It's, you know, very personable, (laughs) you know, to say the very least. But I understand that this is something that I have to do for my health. So if I got to, you know, if I got to take one on the chin, (laughs) you know, I'm going to do it. You know, but I think that we as people, you know, especially as men, have to really take charge of our health because most men, especially, uh, you know, in the African-American community, hate to go to the doctor. doctor. They don't trust them, and that's something that was built up historically. Yeah. You know, and um, and I, I really think that it, it was because of the Tuskegee experiment, you know, the things that they went through, and so people really had a disdain for doctors. Yeah. You know, they didn't trust the doctors. They didn't want no parts of them. Right. You know, so, you know, what do you think? Do you think is it, that that could be a reason why we don't get, you know, why we have such a large number of, of black men with prostate cancer and so forth and colon cancer? 
I think that is one of the, the, the reasons, but also lack of insurance, lack of financial resources, and, you know, just pride on a whole, you know, th all of those things contribute to that. You know, but I think for a major part, la lack of finance and lack of health insurance have a big part to doing that. So uh, I think that's something that they need to look at and realize that, hey, you know, especially when it comes to the HIV, you know, because a lot of people still don't know that you can get a free AIDS test. They think that, oh, you need um, insurance or you need to pay to get a test done. You know, so they need to do more because black people are not just sleeping with black people anymore. You know, so... It, regardless of who they are, it, it's going to spread. So not until they realize that, hey, we need to do something about this, regardless of what race these you know, people are, they have to come up with a solution that's better than what they're doing now. Because what, what, whatever they're doing is not working. It's just simply not working. Yes, yes. And being ignorant about it simply because of a person's race is not going to make it any better. It's not going to go away either because, you know, as I said, people are, are, are going across racial barriers to find love and to find sexual pleasures. Wow. And that's true. That's so true. And And, and not to... Talk about the men that are having sex with men. Oh, boy, don't even get in that one. That's and, a whole nother show. <laughs> and then go back home to their wife. Yes, yes, yes. 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 That's a whole their, new show right there. Yes, or go home to their girlfriends or their fiancés or whatever, and they're just passing this thing on like a bag of chips. Yeah. That's why it's so I important mean, for you to wait till you get married, and then you know, Greg, take, I think it's time to get really to know that person and make sure that person is being exclusive. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I, we talked about that earlier, too. I think we yeah. we probably do a show about that phenomenon, you know, men who have sex with men and so forth, and how they, you know, are married men, they're, you know, important people, so to speak. And so I, I think we're going to definitely have to cover that. Because yeah. I found out some, you know, in my in my walk with uh, HIV and AIDS and the things that I do as far as prevention, I found out some very interesting things, very scary things, actually. Mm. You know, Brian, I want you to give out your information real quick. we got about a minute left in our show. Oh, um, okay, I'll give you my, my website for my show. It's um, httpblogtalkradio.com forward slash quality of life. I'm on every Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern. And this week, my topic is going to be marriage, a piece of paper, or a piece of heart. <laughs> and, you'll be on, and, you, and Brian, he'll be back on the show with us on next Monday Yeah. at 9 right. p.m. So you'll get a chance to hear this brother. Woo! <laughs> all right, all right. Tell it like it is. Got about 30 seconds. I just want to let all the listeners know to be sure to tune in on Wednesday night. That's this Wednesday, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. We're going to have actress Cheryl Lee Ralph on, and she's going to talk about the Sometimes I Cry 
conference that is going to be kicking off in Tallahassee on the 9th. All right. have a big crush on that star. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you call in. Yeah, that. Wednesday. Wednesday I'm night. definitely going to have to call in on Wednesday, man. How old All is right. she now? I know she's older than I am. <laughs> she's such she's, a beautiful person, though. She's a really beautiful woman. Yeah, I used Absolutely. to have a big crush on her. <laughs> I think a lot of men still have crush on her. They have a crush on her. <laughs> oh man, I gotta call in. <laughs> I can't forget that one. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you, and we hope you call in on Wednesday night. Good evening. <laughs>